You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. In my heart and on the pot. 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 You're always there to remind us. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box, a nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pit. I'm Andrew. I'm John. This is our podcast. That's our food lion. Yes. We're back yeah. after a couple weeks off post- mm-hmm. Magnifrite pod. Mm-hmm. A wonderful time. Oh man. A it's the best. <laughs> it was a really fun October. Mm-hmm. It was a it was tiring. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. going on. There's a lot of work. And we're also doing we're back. We're back on that grind. That's right. <laughs> As of today, doing a double, a double shift, double recording today yep um we wake so, up and we we rise and grind just for you <laughs> magpod nation that's right we've got some fun stuff in store yeah we do for the month of november but you know this is going to be the uh, this is a magpod first john yeah yeah after well, more than well you're, you're you're right you're right i guess with for this season yeah well, yeah, we'll be fair. We, yeah, we did cover fast feeling, but for this season, after since starting in January, yeah, yeah, we have it's been a sausage fest. It's yeah. been a lot Lumber of dudes. energy. Yeah, it's yeah. been a lot of dudes on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So finally, we're getting we're getting some female energy hmm. up on the pod. We're going to be talking Element One Hundred One later. Yes. And I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. yeah, let's just let's get these dudes out of you. As we've as we've lamented many a time, a heavily uh, you know heavily male, scene. white cis male in particular uh, yeah. scene uh, that we've that we've covered uh, in the pod and that existed. But you know we're trying to trying to mix it up a little. Uh, we always encourage your input into that as well thoughts on things we could cover folks we could talk to stuff like that yes absolutely and you know all october long we were doing some treats no more treats right now no but that doesn't mean i I don't have a drink bro yeah daddy's treats Gross. <laughs> you want to try some daddy's treats? Yeah, just reach reach in the bag, grab some daddy's treats. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Sorry um, about that. Yeah, um, what you got? What you got drink wise there? I have an old fashioned, my dude. Mm, anything I, unusual about this one? Um does this one uh have a hint of <laughs> cinnamon in it? I saw that fireball based uh, oh my, oh my whipped God. up. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I made a I made a 
it was a it was actually Jack Daniels Tennessee Fire. Ooh. And instead, it, it wasn't a fireball based, um, old fashioned. But it, you know, here's here's what I'm gonna say. Um, I think on at like at face value, you would think that sounds gross. <laughs> However, I can see you, it when you combine orange and cinnamon and yeah. a little cherry. Mm. Those all of those flavors go together. Yeah. perfectly and when you you know with the ice and you know the bitters and everything uh it doesn't the cinnamon was not extremely overwhelming in sure. a way that like if you were just obviously drinking straight fireball or right something trying like to that. trying to channel that reese roper energy <laughs> that, big, um, that big reese energy <laughs> how does the how does the tennessee fire compare to fireball um it's it's about it's about the Pretty same similar okay because <laughs> I, mean, I yeah i enjoy i mean cinnamon whiskey you know i you know we are we're scotch fans we're whiskey fans i like a, a pure you know mm-hmm. uh drink uh neat i got no problem you know with with mixing it up a little bit but yeah some people see uh a cinnamon whiskey as like an abomination i like a weird beer so i think it's fun to try something like that yeah but fireball does i mean does kind of taste like candy it's very sweet so i'm yeah. like maybe tennessee fire is something else out there's like a pulled back a little bit on the sweetness i might get down with that more but yeah i think I, don't it, know. I think it works it worked very well in replacement in an old-fashioned i think it yeah. the flavors are uh, complimentary and i came up with a a name for this cocktail i don't uh-huh. know if i don't know if anybody has done this before if this is i'm presumably someone is has thought to do this but i decided i wanted to call it an old flame Ooh, i like that that's yeah. good you should put that on a menu somewhere i know right sounds I like a go, little i want to go <laughs> treat it, it sort of is it does feel very full it yeah. feels very full I, th- I think i think just on the if you just described the flavors of the cocktail if yeah. you and i think and you weren't like, oh, this is fireball, fireball like <laughs> cocktail. People would be like, right. ugh, kind of gross. But yeah, yeah. It, it was. I was surprised at how palatable it was. Yeah, if you put it on a menu with just the like ingredients and charged eight dollars for it, people would be like, this is really reinventing autumnal cocktails. This is this is a game changer, bro. <laughs> as far as as far as cinnamon whiskey based cocktails, <laughs> this one's a game, game changer. changer, bro. Bro, um, you have the old flame, bro. <laughs> you like that old flame? Um, Yes. Speaking of old, uh, I have some Oktoberfest beers. Yeah. I'm still polishing off. Yeah. I have a uh, Metropolitan Brewing right Ooh. here in Chicago. Uh, yeah. Afterburner Oktoberfest. Um, perfectly, perfectly, perfectly serviceable, serviceable. Oktoberfest. <laughs> Been enjoying it for the last you know month and a half here, but uh, probably polish these off as we headed to Thanksgiving. So. Yeah, that is fair. Cheers. I. Cheers, bro. I yeah we're we are fully entering into fall. Yeah. I don't know about you but in Minnesota we are anticipating some snow this weekend. Yes, indeed. And I feel about that. Um I still have leaves on the trees and oh, yeah. I I'm like my my yard got just covered in leaves over yeah. the last couple of days. And I'm like, I can't let 
this yeah. just blanket of leaves get covered in snow plus it was like there it's gonna, for six months no it's gonna get it plus it was gonna rain today so i i just went out and mowed and bagged mm. those leaves and for like 15 like 15 minutes i'm like i'm just getting this i'm getting this out yeah. of here because i'm not I'm not gonna have like a pile of sloppy wet leaves then covered yeah. in snow it's just like no that sucks that's, that's the worst. that sucks yeah usually i'll i'll rake them all up when they're in a wet and disgusting state and then my kids will jump into that and then they're all covered in mud nobody <laughs> wants that um no. having said that i will not uh, probably accomplish any raking before any snow comes um but you know i guess i guess that means it's time to put the hammock away i have to accept it uh, if there's snow on the hammock it's hammock season's over oh well oh man yeah it's <laughs> it's happening it is happening yeah, it's happening but we have our we have our beers and our old flames to mm. keep keep us warm this winter that's right and some voicemails to keep us warm that is that is true (laughs) uh sure we'll go with that we listen we listen to your voicemails dear listeners Mm, by the crackling fire (laughs) and they keep us they keep us oh so warm Mm -hmm. all right we've got uh we got some danny leary uh he (laughs) i won't play his two false start (laughs) voicemails but sure you know that that gives that gives you a sense of why he starts his voicemail this way okay this is a real one so i was calling about your discussion about uh, dan larry by the way i hadn't said that in this voicemail i was calling about the um harley Poe lyrics discussion because i was kind of hearing you guys like struggle with it a little bit and this kind of goes back to when i called about like the jackson pollock comparison to lyrics sometimes right and um basically it seemed like when you were discussing these like murder songs that it fell into kind of like two categories like he's joking so he doesn't mean it or is he not joking and therefore he means it but i would say that there's the possibility that he's not joking and he doesn't mean it or if you follow i already lost track of what i was saying so basically, it kind of comes down to like, when I took creative writing, right? Theme and meaning are not mutually exclusive. They're not the same thing in all kinds of writing, in novel writing and screenwriting and songwriting. Like, just because you're singing about one thing doesn't mean that's the purpose of the song. But all you guys have talked about on this show overall are bands where it's one-to-one. Like, they want you to get saved. So... Right they're going to tell you you need to get saved. The theme and the meaning are exactly the same. But with a lot of horror punk and also with a lot of metal, the theme and the meaning are not matched up. And I was trying to think of some other examples of this. One is like uh, No One Else by Weezer. Like Rivers is singing, I want a girl who laughs for no one else. He's saying, I want a girl who shut the F up and do what I say. But I don't think for a second, and I think everybody knows that that is not actually how Rivers Cuomo feels. And there's no wink in that song you know so i think that's what you have to always keep in mind when you're listening to horror punk and to a lot of metal some metal they mean it but a lot of metal in interviews the bands will say like this is just entertainment we don't actually believe any of this stuff we're singing and one other example i have in a band you've covered is five art frenzy old west like we all know and there's a slight wink at the very end we all know where Fiber Frenzy's heart is and where Reese Rover's heart is, we know what he means when he's saying the Cowboys 
are going to rape and pillage the Indians. But if you give that song to someone who does not know who Reese Roper is, that, you know, they'll listen to that song and be as confused as you guys were with a lot of these Harley, Harley Poe murder lyrics. So that's my two cents on this thing. Specifically also, if I'm running out of time, I don't know how much time I got. It's any second now. <laughs> any second. Wait for it. <laughs> I'm just going to hang out. <laughs> he was right, though. He was, he was right nearly at the end. Yes, yes. But, yeah, what do you, what do you think about that? It's an interesting point. I think it's a fair one. Um, I guess I would say the difference to me between something like Old West and some of the other examples you were giving was that that's a clear sort of political satirical song. Like I understand the underlying justice message of what he's saying. Um, Whereas something like No One Else by Weezer, one of my favorite albums of all time, the Blue Album, uh, bums me out because like perhaps I, I understand I know that he doesn't literally mean he wants a girl who will never never leave the house when he's out of town or whatever but it still is like but there's no I don't take from that a um position on a an issue or something you know what I mean I just take from it like okay well Rivers is a little creepy to begin with so maybe this is a creepy song maybe it's not at all and i would give him the benefit of the doubt but like you know what i mean i guess when it's just when it comes down to like whether or not this person uh it really means this or not which we don't usually think if it's about um something related to like gender or um murder <laughs> when it's not in the context of some sort of larger socio-political points i bump on it more does this yeah. make sense yeah i think we just kind of need to realize that horror punk just naturally is going to have darker themes yeah he's not saying he's going to blow up the school that is not joe is not saying that that is what he he's not singing about that that's something he's going to do right but it's still a bummer to me yeah right like I don't, yeah. I don't know, I don't know how. I guess that's one of those weird things that, like, I think what you're talking about. It's like, no, I don't think that Reese is encouraging raping and pillaging and murdering, and and I don't think that Rivers wants, yeah, like what you're saying, just to never leave the house. But there's still an underlying message there that, like what is somebody supposed to be taking from that then? Like, right. Cause like for the, for the old West song, like it seems rather like it's satire. Yeah. And I don't know what the satire is necessarily for that, that Weezer song. And, yeah. and maybe with just the horror punk stuff, it's just like, just, just over the top. And that's the point yeah. It's just to be shocking and over the top. And yeah. it's none of it is supposed to be taken seriously. And right. maybe there isn't supposed to be any underlying. It's just, it's just over the top for the sake of being over the top or something. Yeah. No, and I, you know, I don't think that Weezer was like satirizing a, uh, a particular kind know, of man. Yeah. Toxic masculinity. That's not the sense that I get from the song. I get the sense that he's like, I do feel like this a little bit. So what if I just like 
went all the way on this idea and obviously did it in over the top way but it's like i don't get the sense from that he's like wouldn't that be crazy if i felt that way it's a little <laughs> more like i kind of feel this way <laughs> so maybe i'll just take it to an extreme unlike which is kind of how i tom DeLong, who definitely <laughs> was satirizing the toxic masculinity when he says i need a girl that i can train yeah yeah absolutely no I, and yeah it, it's all over so many kinds of songs it's just that when we get in our analytical mode yeah the the horror layer on top of the christian layer just adds a lot to sort of unpack but yeah as as different folks weighed in to say i mean it's not like christian horror had a, a monopoly on upsetting <laughs> lyrics like <laughs> yeah. a lot of horror fans of all stripes had i just want my monsters and i don't want them to be maligned and i don't want any weird uh sexual stuff in there and i don't want murder okay is this so much to ask just creepy stuff yeah just with, leave without all weird, that other shit in there we leave your weird gender politics and sexual politics out yeah. of out of my monster songs listen when when the unbelieving vegans when we when we release all our songs to the world, we'll show you the right way to do all this. Okay, everybody. Yeah, exactly. We'll get just the right balance of all this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and we still got to make those uh, skull and crossbones, but the skull and carrots T-shirts. Hell yeah! <laughs> it's gonna be surfing vampires. It doesn't mean uh, anything. Dude. They're just vampires having a good time. Okay? They're just vampires. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the kind of stuff I want. It's just yeah. You know, you're. It's like the monster mash. Yeah. It's not like a psychosexual song or something. <laughs> no. All right. We got some from one Danny to another. We got some Danny stairs. What's up, my beautiful boys? This is your boy, Danny. It's calling. I just want to say I had a fun time with uh, Magnifite Pod and all the uh, horror punk or horror punk adjacent at least. Uh, oh, God. Uh, it was a good time. I'm glad you guys got to have fun with this as well. Um, and then I just want to get my commentary on Chinese Um It was interesting. There was some fun stuff going on. Probably of everything during this, the closest to anything I might actually do again. Uh, but I would really love to hear it um, with full electric band um, turned into some yeah. pop punk stuff, like you guys talked about. It's it's there. You can you can feel those bones. Yeah, you know, and, and it could be there. And I, I think then I would really enjoy it um but as it is i'm not huge on acoustic stuff so um but at least it's better than a lot of acoustic stuff that just feels a little too slow and you know well, most acoustic stuff i get nothing from um this at least you know i, I do enjoy so um thanks for bringing this to us guys keep up the great work can't uh, wait to uh, hear you next up magpop for life Okay, so it's a classic Danny Stairs. Classic voice, Danny Stairs, textbook Danny Stairs voice. So we got we got about twenty five percent of that. Uh, for those of you who don't speak Danny Stairs voicemail, uh, he was talking about Harley Poe and yep. how of the stuff that we covered, it's what he would most likely listen to. But as we were saying he would like to hear it with a, like a full electric band situation because the bones of the pop punk yeah. are there and uh it's better better than most acoustic stuff that he that he says is out there that you know but or as google translate 
put it cruise ship stuff <laughs> he's like i'm not huge on cruise ship stuff in the uh that Google is true um so says thank you so Danny. but at least we, it's uh, better than a lot of birth <laughs> yes that's true um yeah i i thanks dan uh we i mean i would say check out some of those later harley poe records because it's not like he he really goes like full electric pop punk but he adds more instrumentation and i think is a little more probably along the lines that that first record we covered is certainly the most kind of bare bones that 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 they did so yeah john we have a first time caller Ooh. Hello, Andrew and John. My name is Aaron. I'm a first-time caller. I'm from Kansas City. I will go ahead and shout out old Dan or Danny or Daniel, also from Kansas City. <laughs> Don't know him, but I'm pretty sure he's a cool dude. Uh, started listening to you guys back in probably February of 2020. Whoa! Hell yeah. First time, long time. First, That is the definition of a first time, long time. Yeah. We're, we're going on almost two years well yeah. push pushing like year and three quarters yeah that's a long time man right where, are you, where you been this whole time because i think somebody posted and i i hate five iron deal or whatever and kept listening because you guys seem like cool dudes uh i was calling though because the magnifrite deal before that's over i wanted to kind of touch on some of the stories or whatever i never trick-or-treated my mom was pretty adamant that that was you know along the lines of Satan's holiday or whatever, but there was one time when I was just started youth group, I was probably 12 or 13, that my youth pastor brought me and two other kids out where we like emulated trick-or-treating. This was the first time I'd ever done anything like this, but uh, I think I was wearing a Grim Reaper outfit, and then I was like maybe two minutes later trailed by an angel, and two minutes later trailed by someone dressed up as Jesus, but we essentially went out and we're handing out, like, I don't think it was chick tracks, but some kind of track where we were, like, guilting these people about the holidays we were celebrating. And they were trying to give me candy and stuff, but I had to be silent and give them this card. And it was just really awkward, and I felt bad because I could tell that they were uncomfortable and I was uncomfortable. And <laughs> it was just a terrible experience. But that was all I really had to go off of as far as trick-or-treating. I thought it was worth sharing. Also going to throw my hat in the ring for potentially covering showbread at some point. Mm, I know that yes. you guys a little bit or not so much into them, a little more into the punk thing, which I was into the punk side of things because I had older brothers that were always like calling me a poser or whatever, but <laughs> I'm a little bit younger than five or six years. And so also into the emo thing. Showbread has at least a couple really good uh, horror kind of themed songs that mm -hmm. I figured were worth mentioning possibly covering just a few of them uh, you know maybe so <laughs> anyway magpot for life thanks guys oh yeah thanks uh, thanks man thanks for calling glad uh you've been with us for i mean that yeah he's he's been with uh since uh second season newest podcast mm. ever yeah um it's been a while yeah been a while. so yeah showbread uh the the album that i i feel like i see the most is no sir nihilism is not practical um but yeah i think we john and i are we're not gonna show our hand just yet about what the fourth season will yeah. be but you know we we definitely when we come when it comes time for our more um 
you know, I don't know how where Showbread would fall because there probably be a hardcore season, right? Yeah, if yeah, if we do a hardcore met slash metal like harder yeah. season, they'd probably fall in in there. Yeah. Um, but there are yeah, man, there are so many bands that I I really would love to do deeper yeah. dives on. Showbread is one of them because I think uh, lyrically, yes, they are some a band that you and I would both. Yeah. really vibe with and that's what so many people have said almost yes. everybody's like how do you guys not know showbread right like i know meg from monterey was indignant that <laughs> <She's> i outraged <laughs> outraged that neither of us had ever listened to them so i don't think i ever even heard of them before we started the pod and so many people throughout I know. the pod have been like you must cover them <laughs> so I, I you know we've we've thrown out um a lot of different uh genre-based seasons whether full or sort of shorter ones that we could do, but I got to say hardcore is up there for me as far as stuff that I'm excited to get to. So we will, I promise we'll get to showbread someday. <laughs> yes, it will. It will happen. Uh, also uh, cringy as hell that, that trick or treating thing. That... You described it as like, I was uncomfortable. They were uncomfortable. I'm like that's a perfect encapsulation of sort of nineties evangelical <laughs> culture, right? Everybody's just kind of like bummed out. By it. I know. Like, and the only person that is like into this is like the youth pastor who thinks they're <laughs> this is great. This is great, you know. Definitely, it's like and they're like trying trying to give him candy. That's so nice. Yeah, that's so like, nice. Oh, I'm going to hell. Here's a Mars bar. <laughs> Just get out of here. Yeah, it's um, like, here you can uh, you can have the what 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 don't I like? Uh, I'm a kid. I don't know. I don't like this. I have this orange and black wrapped candies. Right. I will say out of the three costumes that your youth group had, you, you definitely have the best one. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Grim Reaper showing up. I mean, maybe he's like, maybe you're there to be like, you're going to hell and that's why I'm the Grim Reaper. But I don't know. I'd rather greet you than an angel or, or Jesus on hell. Oh, right yeah. Now, yeah. So. You you definitely lucked out being the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Nobody wants <laughs> nobody wants to be Jesus on Halloween. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's, that that's a bummer. Sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. All right. Uh, we got another Danny Stairs. Let's see if we can understand this. Hey, what do we got? Some kind of bonus episode over here? <laughs> hey, it's your boy Danny Stairs. Uh, just uh, excited about that bonus app. Just wrapped it up. Um, that was super fun. Um, lyrically, it was a breath of fresh air. No offense to all these old school Christian lyrics we've been hearing. Uh, well, actually, offense to them, fuck them. But um, it was really nice to just hear, you know, modern music that just uh you know had a, a very similar worldview as i have these days so um that was really nice and i liked it um one of my favorite albums you guys have actually you guys have covered so far uh this oh, season shit. um really good stuff i may actually look into getting my hands on this one so yeah um i'll probably just get in touch with andrew because i don't remember the name of the band already um but uh, anyhow, keep up the great work. Looking forward to seeing uh, the uh, Element 101 stuff next uh, on the pod, and then where you go from there. Uh, Toodaloo, motherfuckers. Megabytes the wife. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. That one also said Megabytes the wife at the end, <laughs> uh, which is something. Um, the band you were referring to, Dan, is Nightmare Nonsense. Uh, we did a Patreon bonus episode on Nightmare Nonsense, our buddy Will's band. Um, who is the co-host of the great Common Creatives podcast, also on the Rock Candy Network. Uh, 
we did that episode as a bonus for Patreon folks. So if that sounds cool to you, uh, sign up at the Patreon. If you're already a subscriber, go over there and check it out. But they're also going to do a version of that on their feed for everybody uh, pretty soon, I think. So keep yeah. your eyes open for that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, covering, it's just one of the cool things about doing the kind of the Patreon stuff. If we're, you know, if we're plugging the Patreon, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you get stuff that, like, you know, is, is not necessarily specifically in, uh, the Christian scene and, uh, mm-hmm. but still it was within the, the horror magnifite pod time. And yeah, yeah, that if you guys haven't listened to the nightmare nonsense, uh, album, you should really go, really go check it out. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Patreon while yeah. we're, while we're talking about it, mm. uh, another, really cool conversation we had recently uh, was released as a bonus episode on the Patreon as well. We talked with shadow producer Jason from an original vinyl about a couple of bands that we kind of had in the conversation during Magnified pod, but never made it to a proper episode uh, rackets and drapes and savior machine. And they're two very different approaches to sort of yes. theatrical <laughs> Christian goth rock. Um, but I had a ton of fun uh, talking to Jason about those bands, and I thought that was a really cool discussion. So if yeah. you're into that, check out our Patreon. Oh, man. Yeah, that's the Rackets and Drapes and Savior Machine. Though It's such a journey listening yeah. to. They're so strikingly different bands. Yeah. And uh, in just pro- in profound ways, like not just musically but lyrically and worldviews and and mm-hmm. yeah so worth checking them out just for <laughs> at least experiencing rackets and drapes yes yeah. uh not my vibe no but it is certainly a, a product of the time and of, of the culture and yeah. uh worth just knowing of its existence Save your machine. Legit. Yes. Cool. Yes. So. Yes. Very, very cool. Uh, fit, like legit musician, artist, yeah. all of it. Just wild stuff. All right. Hello, yeah. Backpod. Uh, I am currently sitting in awful traffic on the 405 trying to drive from LA down to Del Mar. Uh, long story. Anyway. Uh, I'm on Blast of the Rock Command, and I just wanted a quick voicemail while I'm thinking about it. Um, I don't know if any of the discussion so far has come up on the Discord or anything, um, but I am getting strong vibes here from uh, Mr. Bungle, mm, who yeah. has the same kind of weird genre-shifting, hard-to-identify thing. The, Mac, uh, the Mike Patton band, uh, I think, after Faith No More. Um, especially their third album, which is, if you haven't heard, is fantastic in a very awfully weird way. Uh, Mr. Bungle and also Terry Scott Taylor, uh, very strong vibes. He's music for um, the Neverhood and Skull Monkeys, some of those uh, early, you know, claymation video games. Um, mm. The Neverhood soundtrack, Terry Scott Taylor, who is uh, Steve Taylor's brother, Steve Taylor, the, you know, Christian musician. Um, yeah, I just wanted to decide. I'm curious if that, if, if those names, Mr. Bungle and Terry Scott Taylor, come up in the discussion. Um, love what you're doing so far. 
I uh, can't wait to hear the rest of this album. Magpie for life. Thanks, bud. We 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 hear yeah. who you are on this next one, I believe. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, I, but I just want to say a couple things. Uh, we will hear mm. a little bit more about uh the influence of Mr. Bungle and Mike Patton yes. from somebody in Blaster the Rocket Man mm. uh, coming soon to winky, a Magpod near you. Winky um, winky. Yeah, so uh, he, he talked about Terry Scott Taylor, also one of the founding members of Daniel Amos, mm. and uh, another fairly prolific uh christian rock band there's so my first introduction to daniel amos and and um terry scott taylor was this album by daniel amos called motorcycle okay and it's sort of like this alternative neo psychedelic album and it is great so i don't mm. if you guys haven't listened to motorcycle by daniel amos you you should uh, I'll check yeah, it out. Yeah, Terry. Yeah, Terry Scott Taylor, um, another legit dude in the Christian rock world. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. So let's see who this who this is. I just realized I don't think I said anything at the beginning of that voicemail about who I am. This is uh, in case you don't have caller ID on this line. But this is uh, Lee Clemens. Lee. Lethem? Sorry. <laughs> I like how you left the whole voice just to say who you were, and then we were like, who are you? <laughs> who, who are you? Lee Clements. Lee, Lee Clements? Oh, Lee Clements. Lee Clements. Hi, oh, Lee. It's... It was a Lee mail, but it's a voicemail. A... But this is uh, Lee Clements. Oh, it's Lee. Yeah, it's... we got a Lee mail. It's a Lee voicemail. It's, a, it's, an, those... audio, it's an audio Lee mail. Yeah, those soothing baritone pipes. I oh, known. yeah, we should have known that was Lee. But he was like, by the way, my name is Lee Clements. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, Lee out. Thanks, um, Lee. Yeah, we got we got some more Lee though. Ooh. I'm back, uh, Lee Clements again. Uh, introducing myself properly at this time, and I just remembered something that I meant to throw in a voicemail before. Um, I during this whole uh, this whole month, a few things that I've been listening to, I was remembering that a roommate of mine in college uh, was in a like you know screamo metal band. Um, and I remember asking him in my grand naivete when I was, you know, 19, 18, uh, you know, he was at college with me. He was a Christian, little Christian college. And I, I just kind of naturally assumed that, you know, he was as Christian as well. And, um, I remember asking him, so does your band, like, do you, do you, is a Christian band? And he kind of laughed and was like, well, We've got a couple songs where either we're singing about Jesus coming back or we're singing about a zombie. Can't really tell. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, uh, <laughs> pretty sure I know which one he meant. Uh, but, uh, they were definitely as Christian as they needed to be to say that they all went to a Christian university. Uh, I don't think that band made it out of, uh, out of that year, maybe two years, but, uh, yeah. I just remember that being a funny thing. I'm like, well, you're talking about a zombie? We're talking about Jesus, you know, coming back from the dead. Well, I don't know. You choose, I guess. You make it vague enough. 
yeah. makes me think of a, a clip that I really wish I could find that I need to send to you guys from a Simpsons episode where uh, it's the one, the uh, the woman that Ned Flanders falls in love with who's like, episode and uh her band doesn't have her band there with her it's just her and and ned says what well, what happened to your band and she says oh they they went pop all you have to do is change the baby right. <laughs> which i thought was pretty cutting satire at the time so awesome keep doing what you're doing magpie for life Thanks, but I uh, that sounds vaguely familiar but it sounds like late simpsons so i probably only watched it once what what was the joke the joke was that uh, the 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 woman, this woman that uh, was in this Christian band, like the all the the band members went pop, and all they did was switch the Jesuses oh, to baby. Yes, of course, of yeah. course. <laughs> uh, famous South Park episode as well. Yeah. Um, I, I knew he said that they were a screamo band, so I shouldn't have been expecting this, but I was kind of hoping he'd be like, and that band was the Deadlines. Yeah. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> oh, spooky. <laughs> wow. Lots going on with the foot. <laughs> looking at our feed here and i see that that's the second of five <laughs> we have so many phantom cackler voicemails it was the week of halloween which, it was you know, our bad by not getting you in there during I know, right by, I know. But this is your time to shine <laughs> oh man so many good variations. Oh God! <laughs> oh, yes. my face hurts. Oh, I love I. Whenever the we ever, whenever we have a phantom cackler voicemail, my cheeks just hurt. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, I'm just man. smiling so oh, much. That's the best. What do we got here? <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I was want it's always like just vague enough that you don't know what he's doing. Yeah. That's I want to know what he's what's he building in there. <laughs> I swear to god I heard the phantom cackler moaning. <laughs> and he cackled low. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Perfect. At first, it sounded like he was entering a convenience store or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where is he? Where is he getting all this stuff? What's he doing here? Every time he starts it, I'm like, 
a little creeped out by the sound and then i'm yeah. like is he just rustling papers or is it something much more disturbing i don't know what's going i don't on. know <laughs> he's got a lot of stuff to work with though whatever he's doing yeah i'm i'm into all the sound effects i'm into the <laughs> it it i feel like this would be the kind of voicemail that uh like some sort of uh, the, the the police would be like analyzing. They'd be like on CSI. They'd be like enhance, enhance. Right, right, yeah. And then you could like hear and like right. triangulate the the sounds yeah. coming from the. Sounds like, like he's in. in the western part of the country, <laughs> by the way that he's crinkling that paper. Um, boy, what a what a good batch of Phantom Cackler voicemails. Uh, just doing during spooky time. So yes. We love you, Cackler. You keep us on our toes. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so, John, we uh, so we got a we got an email. Hmm. Uh, it's kind of serious. Uh oh. Um, and I don't, I don't know what we need to do about this, but uh, I don't know if we're in trouble, but. Hmm. What the subject line seems to yeah. suggest as much. Yeah, it says cease and desist. Uh oh. Um, so it's from Harry Lupin, and it says, "What's, to, the, what's that email address again?" Uh, Werewolf Reclamation Project at gmail dot com. Uh-huh. <laughs> it says, "To whom it may concern, it has come to my attention that your quote unquote podcast <laughs> is attempting to rip off the name of my band, the Werewolf Reclamation Project." <laughs> We have been operating for many years, and it is disheartening that you would try to pass off the name as your own. Furthermore, I understand you're also trying to plagiarize our hit song, Make Werewolves Great Again. How will you ever compete with these great lyrics? Um, Okay, so now we have some lyrics to Make (laughs) Werewolves Great Again. He's creeping up behind you, a glimmer in his eye. You sense his heavy breathing. You're sure you're going to die. You turn around to face him. He's hairy head to toe. He lets out a howl and shreds a killer guitar solo. Whoa! (laughs) We're making werewolves great again. Whoa! Whoa. Music and partying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So, yes, this is a uh, a full-on song um that they that they that um harry lupin wrote yeah he says if you do not cease and desist from using our band name and hit song we will have to pursue legal action this is pretty this is pretty serious this is serious stuff we'll have to run this by danny stairs our lawyer yeah see what we need to do next um danny stairs <laughs> do we have any do we have any uh claim to this i don't know yeah. we we need we need to know what the the precedent for um Magpod v Lupin is <laughs> if this goes to court. This is, of course, in reference to us saying that we wanted to uh, reclaim werewolves and, and start a band called the Werewolf Reclamation <laughs> Project. Uh, so this is shocking news to discover that Harry's already had, of course, a famous band, Werewolf Reclamation Project, with their hit song "Make Werewolves Great Again," which we had talked about being a song. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever the case is, the spirit of his song is certainly in keeping with what our goals were for our own werewolf project. We just wanted a song about werewolves having a good time and being cool dudes and shredding uh, guitar solos. Yeah, this is letting this the is. good times never end. Now, Harry, if you yourself want to set this to some actual music, or if one of our other listeners wants to get a hold of these uh, lyrics and make your own song, uh, um, you know, I'm just putting that out there. 
yeah, the the Kiz. Brandon yeah. Kisner. <laughs> the Kisner. Uh, Perhaps yeah, a Harry Lupin collab is in order for you. <laughs> yes, please. Please um, uh, get in touch with us or we'll get in touch with you for these lyrics because this, I mean, this has a, the Woos have a grave robber <laughs> vibe to it. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's perfect. I mean, this, I mean, Harry, you know, famous lyricist, of course. I'm sorry we besmirched <laughs> your good name, but yeah, this is perfect. I want a werewolf reclamation project uh, jacket to wear, whether it's uh, from, sure. from, from your band or from the one that we'll create. So yeah, we'll see where we land in legal trouble. Yeah. WRP. Yeah. That's, we'll get a, we'll get a, like some sort of silhouette of a of a werewolf with wrp under it you know i truly want a hat that says make werewolves great again by the way that would be (laughs) wonderful oh god i love this i love it so much (laughs) uh what else we got we got a candace Ooh, candace um the rare candace a patreon punk Mm. um she she has some some thoughts about <laughs> Halloween and some other some other things, uh, but so she says, still a few weeks behind. But I had some thoughts to share. First fun story: I was on the dance team in high school. They're called various things or various places, but the people who dance at halftime at football games. And my teacher was obsessed with Michael Jackson. So one year, the game closest to Halloween, we danced to Thriller. We didn't have a band, so it was PA music. And we went all out. She went to the thrift store and bought clothes to tear up. We made nice. uh, hair a mess, fake blood, started at the edges of the field and stumbled into position like zombies. That rules. That and then rules. did the actual dance from the video. Hell that, yeah. that is awesome. Yes. Into it. Um, second, your candy bracket was rigged. Keith Bar, the clearly best candy, wasn't even on there. Side note, I took my daughter, who's almost seven, to get ice cream the other day, and she got candy corn on top of her ice cream because it's delicious candy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first, first, okay, let's, let's, let's get this straight. Uh-huh. We sent out a... This is the most controversial thing we've ever done somehow. It's unbelievable. <laughs> we haven't even really, we haven't even talked about the results of the candy bracket. Yeah. Yet yeah. on on the pod, but uh, obviously, I don't know. It just it just seems like the inevitable that that the peanut butter Reese's peanut butter cup is just going to win. It just mm. seems the to be a standard Halloween candy. People love it, but yeah. we put out put out a poll essentially asking for people to rank and give their favorite candies. Yes, and I I, I put in like twenty five candies. <laughs> right. And and then we whittled whittled it down to the top sixteen based on what people voted, right. and you know, I'm sorry that like <laughs> that there's not a lot more love for the Heath bar, but I will say this about candy corn: I think candy corn gets an undeserved amount of hate. Mm. I, I I feel like people love it, which is why I disparage it. But maybe I'm I'm, I'm mistaken. I think it's it's one it's a candy that people love to shit on. It's a popular it's like the nickelback of candy mm. that people Some love. Some say the black licorice of candy, but you know. <laughs> well, I would say uh the black licorice of uh the nickelback <laughs> of candy is black licorice. Sure. Um so but like because black licorice sucks, but mm. candy corn false. 
candy corn tastes like icing, which is delicious. Mm. So I don't know why if you're if you're like getting a cupcake that has icing on it, it that's what candy corn tastes like. It tastes like literally icing. And it's not it's not a candy that I seek out, but if yeah. somebody gives me candy corn or if candy corn's available, I'll pop in I'll pop a few corns, pop in some corns. I that icing thing is interesting. I don't really like icing, so maybe that's part of it. Um wow. If if I get like a big you know, sort of store-bought cake deal going in the office. I'm always like getting a lot of that icing off. So I'm like, this is just too, too sweet and like fake tasting to me. And I guess maybe that's my issue with candy corn too syrupy. I don't know. Um, but no, it sort of tastes like you ever have like a, a day old, one of those day old cakes with icing on it. And the icing is just a little bit hard sure and that doesn't that's... sound good to me it sounds <laughs> gross <laughs> i don't know maybe i'm a monster but no. it's yeah. i don't i feel like it's it's sugary candy it's it's fine sure. but like i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go buy a bag of candy corn and eat it no that makes you a crazy person that makes um, me yeah that would make me um like if i if i said that i would i did that that you would rightfully ridicule me <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, we got, uh, I shouldn't say crazy, by the way, I should have said a different word there. Um, but, uh, we got, we got some serious pushback for what was made available in the bracket. And we're just here to say you chose this people. Okay. (laughs) It was the, it was the Magpod nation listeners who decided among the top 16, the sweet six was a really sweet 16. So be Uh, mad at yourselves. This is, yeah, that's right. You had the option to choose and it's not our fault that you chose these candies and the, the weaker candies sunk to the bottom. Yeah, I will say I thought it was a pretty good good spread. I thought um, it was a representative, and I thought the the matchups for the yeah. for the candies were were pretty yeah. decent. You were yeah, trying to match know, the, up the the top seeds and the lower seeds, and you were trying right. to we're trying to put up the you know some people were beside themselves with <laughs> with certain candies being voted out in the first rounds. I'm like, well, yeah, people sorry. have very strong opinions about. Candy. Do you know what it I was? Out- it turns out that people have very strong opinions about twix and three musketeers yeah that i I was not i was not prepared for so many people were like well this one is obviously a trash candy or this one is great and often i would be like i always took it as a given that it was the opposite of those things so anyway strongly held positions on candy uh congratulations to the reese's peanut butter cup which did make it all the way to number one uh that makes sense to me when i think about Halloween candy that seems like the kind of quintessential trick-or-treating candy to me so I was perfectly happy with that as the winner our Sour Patch Kids our beloved Sour Patch Boys made it very far um, but you know mm. those those sour gummy up against chocolate matchups uh, got pretty tr- tricky there at the end uh, yeah. I know Candace was not pleased about uh, Reese's as we'll get to here because it did not have a crunch factor yes um, I mean Toffee, I mean, which I believe Heath Bar is a toffee-based mm-hmm. candy. Um, I don't know, John, where do you stand on toffee? I like toffee. I don't know. Heath Bar would not be my first grab if I saw it in a pumpkin. I'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take a Heath Bar, but it's not. Uh, sorry, Ken, it's not not at the top of my list. Yeah, I'm, I'm a gummy. I'm a gummy boy through and through. Gummy's so. yummy. 
Uh, okay, she continues. I also had the compilation that had the deadlines go go to the graveyard song on it. I thought it was a super fun song. I've enjoyed the theme month. Maybe you could do something similar for Christmas. Mm. I love Christmas music and listen to it year round. I think you cover some of the happy Christmas CDs at some point. We did last year. We yes. did uh, that. Was it the first one? The first compilation we did? Yes, I think so. Which everyone has the five iron song on it, which is why we covered it. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. That's right. And uh, I think we both came to the conclusion that um, that we felt like a lot of the songs on there were not, not that great. great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we 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 got some Christmas stuff coming. I mean, it's been tricky because first season was MXPX. We talked about their Christmas songs. Then second season, we talked about the one five iron Christmas song. So this is a little trickier, but we're gonna we're gonna get some Christmas content your way. Uh, and she says, lastly, I want to thank you guys and Andrew specifically for doing what you can to champion women's rights. If mm-hmm. everyone cares about them as much as you, we wouldn't be held to a stupid standard. Amen. Yes, it's it's not fair. And um, yeah, um, we will always we will always champion um, women and their rights. Yeah. Um, Shout you. out to. Uh goobers the clown who had an abortion at 23 <laughs> did you yes. see this uh, is that yeah. what it's called am i doing it right yes yes on snl all right uh joel hartsey okay hi guys uh this is joel hang hartsey sorry about my last attempt to leave you uh, a voicemail i'm not sure what exactly happened um so i have been listening to your podcast for maybe the last year or so i binged the five iron one uh and uh have been really enjoying this season i wanted to just chime in with oh also i wrote a book called sects love and rock and roll that uh all your listeners should buy and i have a new book coming out um which i will send you guys uh so here's what i wanted to say the deadlines um i've heard some interesting things about the deadlines uh from you guys and from callers uh, and while I agree that their first record is maybe not that interesting, um, I just wanted to not defend them necessarily, but uh, tell you about an experience I had going to see the deadlines that was, uh, I hesitate to say life-changing, but it almost was. And in fact, I wrote about this for my book about Christian rock, but I ended up cutting it. But I wanted to tell the story. So I was, I might've been a freshman in college or a, maybe it was my second year, but I was back home in Spokane, Washington. I went to college in, at Seattle Pacific uh, University, and I was back home in Spokane, and I saw this tooth and nail band, The Deadlines, was playing at this tiny bar. Um, uh, I guess I must have been 21 because it was a bar. So, But anyway, uh, they're playing at this tiny bar on the north side of Spokane, and I was like, well, I got nothing else to do. I'm home for, home for the holidays. I'll go check it out. And it was incredible. It was one of the best mm-hmm. live shows I've ever seen. And if the deadlines were sort of a, an evangelical band in some way when they started out, there was no sense of that at all at the show that I went to. So there were a couple of just sort of, you know, uh, I don't know, just sort of local bands. I think there was like some sort of middle-aged, you know, cover band guys. And then there was this band of like, I think Japanese exchange students who played before them. And then the deadlines came out and they were, uh, keep in mind, this is a tiny dive bar in a small town in Eastern Washington. Uh, maybe, 30 people are there or less, maybe 20, 15. Uh, and they were just absolute rock stars. Um, j- from the second they hit the stage, um, they opened with this cover of um, Not Your Steppin' Stone, which was just incredible. And just the, I don't know if I can describe what it was like to see a, a tooth and nail band. And at this point, you know, I, I had started listening to other music, but I still had this sense of like tooth and nail as this sort of, you know, Christian 
you know, their slogan in the nineties was moms like us too. Right. Uh, so I had this sense that, oh, they were going to be this sort of Christian band, but there was just not, they were so, they just were so, um, glammed up. So everyone's wearing these giant fur coats, eyeliner, everyone's wearing makeup. Uh, the guitarist was a huge buff guy, but just dressed in this super androgynous way. It was amazing. Um, swearing all over the place, spitting Hmm. on the audience, uh, kicking over the mic stands, drinking beer on stage. It was just glorious. And it, it really, um, reshaped my notion of like what a tooth and nail band was or could be, uh, an amazing, amazing show of just pure, um, just kind of androgynous sexual rock star energy uh, with nothing remotely evangelical about it. Uh, It was an absolute blast. So I just wanted to say that whatever the deadlines were, it's not what they ended up becoming. We we did have that that record. So they were touring the uh, fashion over function record might have been towards the end of the tour. And we did get that record at the at the college radio station where I worked. And it was okay. Like, I don't remember it being amazing or anything. Uh, But the show was truly one of the best rock shows uh, I've ever seen. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, really enjoy what you guys are doing. Keep it up. Um, and uh, I don't feel like I've been listening long enough to say Magpod for life, but I just said it without <laughs> saying it. So <laughs> thanks for what you're yeah. doing. I enjoy it. Uh, take care. Bye. You said it. It's It's been long enough. It's great. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, thanks, Joel. Um, yeah, I mean, it, what, what he was describing before he even said it was on the Fashion Over Function record sounded much more like the sort of second iteration of Deadlines. Um, and we seem to have heard kind of across the board, regardless of maybe how people feel about the albums that the live show they put on was just amazing. So, yeah. And based on we, cause I think we did talk about when we did talk about them for that episode, the video that we saw from Cornerstone, at least in yeah. the first iteration that they were like light, lighting things on fire. And, yeah. Looked awesome. Yeah. They were like, like maybe spitting blood and like writhing around on the stage and so we, we got the indication that the show was the thing to see. Right, right. And the album itself left people, like it left me wanting is basically sure. how you I... You mean the second record or the, the original one? The original record was like, it just, it, it got, sure. it just felt samey at one point. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, that's definitely a word that we used. I think I was a bigger fan of that record than you, but I would love to see, I would have loved to have seen them in any iteration, but particularly on that first record, man, I would have really enjoyed it. So it's cool to hear that you had a good time seeing them. Um, Joel uh, also wrote a piece for Sojourners on Until the Shakes Apart, a uh, review of the record. So check that out and check out his book that he mentioned, Sects, Love, and Rock and Roll. Um, yeah, man, I don't know, Deadlines they reunited i would i would definitely go see them yes uh hey. thanks everybody voicemails emails that's right appreciate lyrics it, all kinds of things Lots uh of stuff. cackles um <laughs> thanks everybody for the magnifrite pod feedback and weighing in throughout it was like i was so happy doing <laughs> that month and as you said it was it's definitely plenty of work, uh, you know, packing a lot of bands into a short amount of time. But I, I love Halloween so much, and I loved our content for that month so much, and I loved hearing from people. So very, very fun. Yes. And speaking of fun and mm. things that make us happy, John. Yes. I think now would be the appropriate time for us to 
be a couple joy boys. Happy, happy, joy, joy, joy. <laughs> happy, happy, joy, 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 joy. Yes. Do you want to, do you want to share what's making you joyful right now? You know, I just, yeah, there's a couple things I want to, I want to say, um, transitioning from Halloween, one of the things that just made me super happy and it, it was kind of a big deal to your boy, as you know. So I, for Halloween, dressed up this year as Weird Al. Oh man. This is like the, the most joyful Joy Boys <laughs> news ever. I so I dressed up as Weird Al and sure did. I I feel like I kind of fucking nailed it. Um, you absolutely nailed not it. Not to toot my own horn, but I I really feel like I I got the 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 four things that make a Weird Al a '90s Weird Al costume mm-hmm. a curly wig. The wireframe mm-hmm. glasses, uh, a scant mustache, mm-hmm. and a colorful Hawaiian button-down. Yeah. Uh, and I struck a pose from the liner notes of the Bad Hair Day record. How did you do that, by the way? <laughs> Your back was bending at an angle that I, when I saw it, I was like, could I do that? <laughs> it was, uh, it was, there were some takes. We took a couple takes to do that. Um and you know, I, I posted it to socials and you know, tagged Al and everything. And as he does each year, he compiles a list or compiles not a list, uh, pictures of people that went to him for Halloween. And on Instagram, I made the very first slide of yeah, you did. of people going as Al and I was just like sort of in shock that I ended up on his radar or whoever put that together I was just like wow (laughs) and it just made me it just made me so happy that in 2021 so many people are still going as Al yeah and when I was handing out candy on Halloween, like no kids really cared, but like the parents would be like, "Hey, Weird Al," <laughs> and I'd be like, "That's right, my dude." Hell yeah! <laughs> like all the parents got it, and that just yeah. made me, that just made me super happy. Yeah. Um, and Weird Al will always just make me infinitely joyful. Maybe you need like an accordion next year to really take it I, to the next level yeah that's that is that is a a prop that i did not have <laughs> but i was sitting on my porch on halloween uh, listening to weird al dressed as weird al drinking some hams just so great just having, just having a good time Man. um the second thing i want to mention um is i got a new tattoo mm. last week and it is uh, a an image of uh, a radio with rancid lyrics. When I got the music, I got a place to go, and it rules. It's it was really really well done, and it looks sick. <laughs> it looks so good. I'm very pleased with my dude. I've talked about 
my dude Mike Grant at Black End in Minneapolis. I will always and forever shout him out. And so one of the things that I have am realizing about with every tattoo that I get that this is even though it's a visual medium and you know, it's things that people can see and people can observe and people can be like, oh, that's cool. What I'm realizing is that, like, this is just for me. This is something that I am doing for myself to convey things that are really important to me. And I didn't get tattoos for a long time, um, I'm trying to be delicate with how I yeah talk about this, but I I just know like for me this is something that I've wanted to do. After my divorce, I was like, you know what, this is something for me. This is something I want to do. This is important to me. I want to convey art and things that I care about on my body. It just makes me it makes me happy. I I love yeah. sitting in the chair and having this done. And even though it's like uncomfortable or painful at times, like I I just I'm just loving the process more and more each time I do it. Mm. And I don't know when I mean, people talk about how tattoos can be addictive, and I'm like, I think I'm starting to understand why. Yeah. There's just something there's just there's something about it yeah and it's something that i i want to do for me to express myself more and more and so more to come yeah you're gonna have sleeves before too long (laughs) yeah i I need to i need to pump the brakes (laughs) sure i understand do you do you talk a lot to the to the artist while he's doing his thing do you guys talk Uh, i mean sometimes sometimes you know like i try not to like I don't want to like distract him or anything, but like, hey, yeah, <laughs> hey, uh, but we, I mean, we chat and, and yeah. stuff, but like, you know, because he'll sometimes he'll need to, you know, wipe wipe the tattoo down or change ink or whatever. Yeah, and and some and we also just take breaks because, sure, for a tattoo like this, it can. I book a four hour session, right? So yeah. It's a long time. It takes time. And yeah, but we, we chat and talk music and talk other stuff, but yeah, it's cool. not like, it's not constant conversation or anything. Sure. Yeah. I, I probably have described my tattoo at some point on the pod, but I got it when I was 18 and it's across of my forearm and it has uh, ichthus, like the letters written in it and, you know, not a tattoo I would get today but it's not one that i regret like it's it's i still like it fine um but (laughs) when i was getting it the tattoo artist was like "Ah, i get a lot of people coming in asking for crosses i was like oh yeah and he's like it's weird people like believe anything uh they hear anything that anybody tells them and i was like uh yeah (laughs) like he was tattooing this on my body and basically disparaging the idea of doing it and i was like i don't (laughs) i'm like paying you money for this and he's like yeah, it's fucking wild. People get all kinds of shit on their bodies. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, all right. you asshole. did a decent job, but I was like, that struck me as odd. Uh, anyway, perhaps I will, I will get another one at some point here. Um, but that rolls. I'm glad that uh, it's bringing you joy. 
Thanks, um, speaking of needles bringing joy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my son Elliot got his vaccine yesterday as a recording. Uh, very, very pumped. Uh, my other son turns five uh, to, uh, on Friday as we're recording, and that worked out very fortuitously for us because as soon as he turns five, he can get the vaccine. So we will be a fully vaxxed house very shortly. Hell yeah. It's wild that it's like been two years of like talking about this and now we're there and he is seven and he was very excited to get it. And he articulated why he was excited because he wanted to help people stay safe and because he appreciates what scientists do. And I'm like, you are seven and you understand this better than many adults. And that's a bummer, but I... Uh, I'm happy for him and, and for our family. And I, you know, not that it's going to be like a game changer where we're going to start, you know, playing spit in each other's mouth, uh, our favorite party game soon, but we got some tickets for some shows coming up and I'm yeah. going to feel a lot better about going to them, uh, knowing my kids are vaxxed. So a, the vaccine, but B concert tickets. Those are th- those things are bringing me joy. Um, wow. As we've mentioned as of now, we got tickets to see uh, Juliana Theory in May and December. I also have tickets to see Over the Rhine in December. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our favorite uh, traditions is going to see their Christmas show. Um, and just this week, many, many shows announced their exciting pup, pup yes. baby coming in April. Yes. Uh, tickets go on sale Friday, which will be done by the time this comes out, but I will be at least trying to get tickets to that. Uh, Amel and the Sniffers, another yes. band I've talked about, yeah. um, playing in May. Gonna get a ticket to that. Um, and I think I, mean, I told you this, I don't think I mentioned it on the pod, but I also already have a ticket to Nick Lutzko in April, who's the guy who sings, like, This is yes. the theme for Spirit Halloween, yes. <laughs> and all those songs, yes. which I just find irresistible. And he's got like puppets on stage, and I'm like, I just gotta see this thing. Um, so you know, very pumped about all that. I guess it's the season again where I'm gonna start dropping tons of cash on concerts but which is maybe okay because it's been like two years of saving that up um and you know i'm a little i'm a little anxious about it but hopefully it works out and uh that anxiety leads me to my final of three things that are bringing me joy uh which is to say that fear fear of concerts fear is the mind killer andrew uh i'm talking about dune baby dune (laughs) we talked a little bit about this earlier but i saw the movie yeah. uh in the like ultra screen whatever sure it blew my mind it's one of those uh directors and movies where like the sound and the score shake your seat in the theater and you're just like transfixed by the visuals of the movie and uh yeah absolutely blew me away um i have since watched it again at home because uh, it's on hbo max um, but I've just been like fully engulfed in the in the Dune world, um, and, uh, and and very excited about the next entry in the film series uh, coming out. It was announced uh, in a couple of years, um, which is the second half of the first book. So anyway, if anybody wants to talk Dune, you might need to do like a Dune Patreon because it's like I'm listening to the score, I'm thinking about the themes of it all day. I'm in I'm in Dune Dune world, so. I uh I also watched the movie. I didn't I didn't see it in theaters. Sure. Um I walked away from the movie feeling mostly what I already feel about Dune, which is indifference. Sure. <laughs> I just here's the thing like uh 
the visuals obviously what they what they achieved with this film is better than I- any iteration so far yeah and i'm not trying to you know disparage you know Kyle McLaughlin or um uh the the directorial style of uh uh your dude well doing not a good representation of david lynch's yes, style david lynch, overall david but lynch. yes but like it it this is farly far and far and away a superior dune film yeah uh, but i i maintain that i don't care about any of the characters there's sure. nothing there's nothing about any of the characters that i really am like paul atreides i guess he's just kind of a boring character to me i don't know I, I don't know timothy chalamet like he's 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 good he's a he's a good actor maybe that's just who paul is yeah I sort of he's... like a stiff kind of uh character i don't know well i think chalamet makes him more interesting than sort of the stiffness of the Kyle McLaughlin version, or maybe even the versions in the book. But I would say, you know, what happens with his character and with other characters in the story subverts some of those perceptions of who they are in the first half, um, in the first movie. It takes some twists and turns with what it does with some of these characters uh, and what you might think might be happening um, that I think pay off in, in, a, in an effective way. I certainly understand what you're saying. It's more about the world building than it is about um, necessarily all these characters being uh, super nuanced or, or charismatic. But I do think that some of those are to the end of what, what the story is doing ultimately. But, you know, we've talked about this a lot that like, I love story, um, but for for me, if a movie, if I can sit in front of a giant screen and the music and the visuals and the sound are working in such a way to just like completely transport me and make me like, you know, fall under the power of the thing, then, I, then I'm way into it. And, and Denis Villeneuve, who also did like Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival right. and other movies that I loved also all have that effect on me where I'm just like, I'm hypnotized by this thing. So it's just my vibe very much on that wavelength. Dune heads get at me. Um, the spice must flow. <laughs> yep. Uh, if anything, uh, John has, I've always said that John embodies the Kwisatz Haderach. <laughs> Thank you. Good pronunciation. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Season four, we are <laughs> mostly going to be talking about the Bene Gesserit. That's kind yes. of. <laughs> um, I might put a gob jabar up to your neck. <laughs> test you yeah test is that me. what it's called <laughs> i don't i don't remember what the, the like yeah uh, Whatever. anyway many and terms many many terms can i just throw out one uh show that that also just got announced today a little bit yes. of a tour uh jeff rosenstock Ooh. and cat bite are going to be playing Ooh, together shit in um one of the let's see i think they're are they going to be playing in Chicago? Uh, it doesn't, at least as of right now, not yet. 
but they mm. will be playing in Minneapolis at First right. Ave January hey. 25th. Sounds pretty good. Oh man, I would. Oh gosh, what a show! You should go check it out. Love some Jeff Rosen stock. Happy, happy, joy, joy, joy. That's um, Joy Boys. Yeah, we're joyful. We got a lot of backlogged joy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were going through spooky times, then we took a little break. So yeah, I had a lot of joy I wanted to share with everybody. Yep. Um. So, what do you think about uh taking a little break, and then? come back and you know we'll we'll plan we'll plan some things for the future mm. some at some point at, at, at currently they're not some things aren't decided sure but we'll decide some things yeah i like i like my future plans decided so let's get into it <laughs> okay we'll be back we'll be talking element 101's future plans undecided hi my name is Stephen long and i host a show here on rock candy called sacred tension it's about the spiritual discipline of asking questions if you find yourself uncomfortable in your faith or if you find yourself caught between modern science and ancient religion or if you're curious about the journeys of others who are sorting out faith and doubt sacred tension is a place where nothing is off limits you will find conversations with pastors cult experts spiritual leaders and skeptics all discussing the ways we navigate the faiths we were given find sacred tension right here on rock candy and wherever you listen to podcasts and we're back talking element 101 talking future plans undecided Woo. Yeah. Uh, long time coming, as you'd mentioned. Yes. Uh, you know, we were, we were interested in covering them generally. Uh, we were also interested in having a, a non-dude-fronted band. <laughs> and folks had weighed in uh, with a few options. I think Element made sense um, for a bunch of reasons, one of which, very familiar producer on this record, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, but yeah, uh, Element, not a band I was familiar with at all uh, prior to the season, even, I think. I mean, I perhaps heard of them at some point, but they were not, I've not listened to them at all, as far as I know. But uh, the all important question, Andrew, when did you first hear of Element 101? I think my, I first heard of Element 101 on a comp i think it was the bec tooth and nail comp the cheapskates which i had previously mentioned was the album i heard the comp i heard go go to the graveyard on also Ooh. had the some chances are worth taking all right uh, then. C- cut on there um cool i mean that sounds like a good comp uh we'll we will talk about that song again later yeah um but uh yeah i mean we should say we're we're headed into the home stretch here on season three. Yes. We talked about some bands to cover in this closing stretch and kind of what we landed on is we're going to do sort of truncated versions of the next couple bands, if that's fair to say. Uh, yeah. Little shorter runs, not as comprehensive and encyclopedic <laughs> as some of the bands we've covered this season, um, but, you know, doing a couple of their more known, more well-known efforts for the, for the couple bands we got left here. Yeah. So we'll be doing the first two, element records uh the first of which is future plans undecided as we said originally released uh 
under the name Element, right? Uh, before they were Element 101 on Burnt Toast Vinyl, right? Uh, in 1999, um, they were formed as Element in New Jersey in 1998. Uh, we're talking Chrissy Verhagen on vocals, Chris Mazzoni on guitar and background vocals, Danny Papa. All these guys have great New Jersey Italian names. <laughs> I know, Chris right? Mazzoni, Danny Papa on guitar, hey. Sal Ciaravino, Ciaravino on bass, Nick Acocella oh. on drums. Hey. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, it's perfect for my New Jersey guy. <laughs> hey, you guys heard hey. of this uh, element? Uh, Talking of element 101 over here? Hey, I heard just you gotta and- just. <laughs> Tooth and nail side of another got a one one in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Just, uh, you know, just a couple guys got a Chrissy, but you got uh, our, our boy Sal Sierra Verino. <laughs> they're like great New Jersey names. I love it. Um, I love it. And, you know, they're an interesting sound. They're, they're very, um, I'd say proficient players and um, for the most part, like a, a tight sound yeah, as far as, sure. um, their band and it's kind of an interesting mix of things i mean they're playing skate punky style uh you know i don't know what do you think maybe not like no effects but like sort of in that mold not too far removed from that world um on this album they kind of got further and further away from that more embracing pop punk elements as they went on um but that combination of that style of instrumentation with chrissy's vocals which are sort of ethereal as you had mentioned you know they're very high uh and sort of sweet and it's i think it's a cool combination um unfortunately (laughs) which we'll get to whether it's through her own vocals being a little thin which is possible you know at this point maybe she didn't fully have her vocals developed um or through production which is certainly hurting it her vocals come off as sort of like tinny and quiet and pulled way back in the mix uh up against uh, the instruments which mostly sound pretty good um so i don't know i you know we'll kind of get into this as we go through but i would say as their albums went on they sort of moved further away from the kind of sound that i liked but their sound just objectively sonically improved a lot um and she is sort of doing things by their last record that I think are much more interesting vocally. And that's partly, I think on her, maybe pushing herself a little more to do some interesting um, vocal takes and maybe push it a little further, but also obviously production wise, just um, putting a lot more power behind her vocals in the mix. Um, But I do think overall that combination of of her voice, which is really pretty and cool uh, with the kind of harder hitting, you know, skate punk leaning uh, background, I think is is, is an interesting mix. Yeah. It's also the most frustrating part of the record yeah. because it's it's so drowned out in the mix. Yeah. It's frustratingly low in the mix. Yes. To <laughs> it's it's infuriating to me because yeah. I'm like if like if you're like look, she has a very pretty but albeit a like a jet more gentle she's not she's not like you know screaming the lyrics or anything so right uh you can't mix it like it's mazzy star you know you right. have, this is you have to you have to give it a little bit more, you have to mix it for her for what she's doing 
Right. And it just, it almost feels like this is a, a demo mix. Yeah, it they, does. And I am like, if they could have like engineered or mixed it to to strengthen what she was doing. Yeah. It because the, the, the music hits so hard and then and then when the vocals come in it's drowned out and and it, yeah. it's a bummer. It is a bummer. Um Mike Herrera, you fucked up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Mike was the producer on this record and admittedly the first time he was a producer, I think, at least on a band other than something he was involved in, as far as I know, the first of only three times he's ever uh, produced something outside of a band he was in. But, um, you know, for whatever reason, it you know, it was early on for them. It, it's kind of like a banana man situation where, like, perhaps if I came to this as a kid, I never would have even noticed. And it would have been like a cherished album for me, as I'm sure it is right. for some folks. But because we're coming with our ears today to it for the first time, we're a little bit like, oh, boy, this is. The, the production is underserved. I mean, the band yeah. is underserved by the production here. Yeah. Um, we, we, we do need to uh, not just throw Mike under the bus because there were, yeah. there were, <laughs> there were others. There were other engineering uh, yes. engineers. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, it was recorded at Mountainside Studio in Pennsylvania, which was owned by uh, Rickard Riskino, uh, who engineered and mixed and mastered um, the record along with. Keats Rickard. Now, it, as we said, it was originally released in 1999 um, when they signed with Tooth and Nail. Uh, Tooth and Nail bought the rights to the album and then released it in 2000. So it was released again on March 21st, 2000 on Tooth and Nail. It was reissued with refurbished artwork, different track sequencing, uh, and slightly different new mix, which I wonder if that was maybe uh, Richard did the first mix and this guy Keats Rickard did the second. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're working together, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, produced by Mike Herrera, ever heard of him? Uh, that was a big deal for, I remember even like hearing that he had produced this band and that obviously was a draw. And right. my understanding is they were just into the band and cold reached out to him and he was like, sure. Yeah. Fly me out to Jersey and I'll, I'll do it with you guys. Um, so probably, you know, young folks finding their footing. Um, but yeah, the you know whether it's on uh, these these engineers and, and mixing folks as well as the production, I don't know. But um, they uh, they released uh, an EP, Kids These Days, independently in 1998 uh, as Element. And when they signed with Tooth and Nail, they became Element 101. Uh, on Tooth and Nail, they would also release Stereo Girl in 2001 and more than motion in 2002 so back to back to back consecutive years on those and then they broke up on two in 2003 which pretty short <clears throat> short-lived um not an uncommon tale of yeah. packing you know three albums into those five years um then chrissy got married to jason gleason from further seems forever uh and the two of them along with sal sal uh formed action reaction in 2004 uh was that a band you had any awareness of uh definitely not <laughs> yeah i mean there was there was there was drama around further seems forever and and you know how that worked out with jason um but action reaction more more poppy um they released one ep and one album in the 2000s uh chris from the band went on to form uh the band uh, evelyn hope they released one record in 2003. Um, but, you know, they 
they had been broken up for a long time and then had teased a new album coming in 2020 um that doesn't seem to have happened i wonder if like covid derailed that or what happened but it seems like there's some new stuff coming out they've been in the studio and posting videos and stuff of that so i'd be very interested to hear where they're at um today because as we kind of talked about off mic like i like these songs uh for the most part for sure um it doesn't sound that good on this record um but you know i think with 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 production and maybe a sound that was a little more aligned with the punkier leanings of these early days i think they could still be doing really cool stuff i mean your your uh your mazzy star comp i think is a good one that's kind of the the world she's playing in i know she mentioned also letters to cleo which makes sense. I could see like that early letters to Cleo sound is kind of similar to what she's doing here. I don't know if it's like a hindsight thing or whatever, but, and, or listening to it with 2021 ears, but I don't know how you listen to this and, and feel good about the mix. Yeah. Like if I were her, I, and I don't know, maybe it was like, because you're like with Mike Herrera and you're like, sure, this sounds great or whatever. Yeah. But, like if I were the vocalist, I'd be like, fucking turn me up in this mix. Right, right. Yeah, it's an odd choice. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. We'll, we'll, we'll get to, you know, their next album and some of the changes there maybe. But right. um, yeah, I mean, I I would say just in terms of production, like in the mix and just like maybe pushing her to to go a little harder sometimes, she does get to sort of some almost screamy places by the time of the third record and i think makes it feel a little more dynamic um but a really pretty voice um and the, i think at least i mean it's quite possible they were you know already influenced by mxpx and that sound but there are some real mxpx flourishes oh, of that era on this record <laughs> not just mxpx you you can hear the tooth and nail contemporaries yeah and influences very clearly on this record and they're yeah there are two that like stand out to me. Sure. Yeah. There's going to be a bunch of times where I'm going to shout out uh, MXPX references, whether it's fair or not. I've just got that in my brain and it feels very much like sort of 1998 MXPX <clears throat> riffs uh, oh, and sort of 100%. sounds all throughout. Um, also like MXPX, some cool bass lines throughout this record. Mm-hmm. Uh, really dig those bass lines. And um, some, some cool shredding throughout this. Cool or? shredding for sure. Yeah. They all sound great. I mean, um, there's certain songs with the drums that that work for me more than others, um, but for the most part, everything everything sounds pretty great, um, and they're obviously tight and, and doing some interesting things. Um, I think when they're sort of trying, venturing out and trying some different stuff is when I'm sort of most interested in what they're doing here. Um, I'd say there's yeah, there's I really like the harmonies when they do that. Yeah, I feel like we could use a lot more of that. A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that's missing, and I feel like doing things like that to beef up the vocals throughout um, could have made a difference too, whether it's, you know, just adding some harmonies, adding some more punch behind uh, her vocal parts in the song. So there's a little more sort of variety or again, sort of dynamism in it, but um, you know, those sort of pop leanings of having those harmonies and those cool little flourishes, I I think are really cool. Um, All the lyrics on this record are attributed to Chrissy. All the songs are written by the band, credited to the band. Um, and, you know, thematically, a lot of teen angst. Yes, um, lots of angst. 
lots of angst not many explicitly christian songs no um you know we've heard plenty of girl or god songs on the pod this might be our first collection of guy or god songs yeah 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 um there's a fair amount of songs where you're like is this romantic is it about god kind of in that gray area that we've talked about um but you know it yeah very much in that sort of emotional teenage uh unrequited love or pining love uh stage that we've uh hung out in a fair amount this season you know what we don't have on this uh this teen angst record an abortion song (laughs) (laughs) yes we don't have to open up a box the box for this record which we have had to do with just about every dude yes a lot of these dudes yeah a lot of these Uh, dudes with their terrible takes chrissy over here just talking talking matters of the heart yeah uh it feels it feels kind of refreshing after some of what we've been through this season it is um and maybe all the songs poetically don't necessarily blow me away but i like that um we're not i mean yeah go figure a a woman fronted band one of our few bands who doesn't have an abortion song (laughs) one of our few bands where we don't have to open up the box uh no certainly nothing sort of um offensive or that i bumped on here more sort of like um just not really like always connecting with me in terms of thematic stuff i mean i I like it but there's not i'm I'm rarely sort of like wow i was blown away by that by that phrase or that you know theme or or turn of phrase or whatever but you know perfectly perfectly serviceable (laughs) uh teenage sort of pop punk yeah pop punk emo influence sort of love songs i I, i like the 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 world that she sort of plays in as a, as a narrator yes so what do you think should we should we get into it i think we should do it all right let's do it opening track <laughs> between now and then it's a chill acoustic song yeah just like this the whole time Something crazy, something strange about the way I'm lazy. Right? Am I right? I did. I didn't put that together. That's amazing. It's. It's. I don't know. I'm just saying. Similar yeah. vibes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's. It's a bop. It's. It's, it's a bounce. Pop. It's a bouncy song. Yeah. It's. Uh. It's catchy, which they're good at. It's not the most exciting track. Is the opening opener, no. song? It kind of was like. Hmm. Wish there was a little more power behind this opening. Got me a little more pumped, but. You know, I think it's catchy. I think it's fine. Um, 
lyrics again maybe not particularly poetic but sort of lamenting uh growing up there's a lot of yeah. songs in that sort of milieu of uh lamenting you know sort of growing up getting to the next sort of phase of things um i don't know lyrically it works for me it's just the vocals like you said i mean it, it, they just like are crying out for some more heft behind yeah. them and those moments with like harmonies really lend themselves suddenly to like, Oh, suddenly the vocals are more prominent. And I just wish there was more moments of like that heft behind them. Yeah. You know, I kind of think about when we listen to the fast feeling and you get Leonore and Scott or Leonore mm -hmm. and Matt mm -hmm. together. Yeah. And just like that sort of the, the combination of those, uh, because yeah. I, I feel like Leonore and Chrissy don't have dissimilar voices. Right. Yeah, that was no. one thing that she kind of expressed to us, that she was worried about her voice not really having enough heft. Right, uh, but like when you combine it with somebody like Scott or Matt who have very distinct voices. Yeah. Like, I don't know if anybody else in the band sings or can sing. I mean, I mean, there are some, sometimes you get a little something, but like, I do yeah. think s some more dynamic vocals in combination with her would have gone a long way yeah um yeah the, those those male vokes come in occasionally, occasionally here um but not that often uh yeah i think it's chris mazzoni who's doing guitar and background vocals um but yeah matt and scott are also <laughs> great producers and so yeah, yeah they know how to make a voice sound great in the mix with other instrumentation and uh, right. yeah it's just not really here right um, um the song that could have been a ass kicker opening track yeah, yeah. oh shit is this slick shoes yeah right This is my number three. Okay. This is, this is just outside my top three, but I really like this one. Yeah. I, it's one of those songs, it starts off and you're like, this is uh, Slick Shoes. Yes. Like Burnout era. Yes. Yeah, very much Burnout dinner, kind of dinner, riff. Dinner, 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 dinner. Yeah. It's the it rules. That riff yeah, is great. No, it's great. <laughs> it starts off and you're like, oh my God, this is, this is shredding. Yeah. It and doesn't then, really stay at that. <laughs> and then the vocals get, buried immediately yeah. and they also kind of move it to a slower pace for the chorus uh, which is fine but i kind of wanted to say at that totally shreddy level <laughs> right yeah um yeah you mentioned is like this would be a good opening track which i had the same thought maybe this is like i think it works as a second track where usually the first one is super fast paced and the second one kind of like keeps it at that level but i was thinking like what if there's kind of like a you know sort of an intro song like some kind of half song opener or something that sets the tone and then goes straight into this as the first proper song. I think that would have been really cool and like starts things off on a more exciting note. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm into the vibe of this one uh, for sure. Um, you know, thematically another kind of young love breakup song uh, leaving me before 
leaving me before the spring semester is such a like I would have written a song <laughs> that aspired to sort of that kind of <laughs> yeah, title absolutely. in college absolutely. Uh, you know early early freshman year college just feeling all the feels from my girlfriend uh, breaking up with me from long distance and stuff very much in that in that mode here uh, the song and a lot of the songs on this record yeah I I had so many angsty college songs <laughs> yeah so I I can't I can't I can't laugh. I'm, I'm laughing at myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is just like, just because also the the song is called Leaving Me Before the Spring Semester. Right. It's like, yeah, that's like a in the bingo card of, of sort of yeah. young college breakup song titles. I want to get to this bridge here. Yeah. <laughs> Into some cool harmonies there at the end yeah yeah those harmonies make a difference uh yeah. that shredding taken over in the bridge there very cool yeah. yeah like it uh know what else i like My number two. It's my number three. Okay. I like this a lot. Yeah. That um, I I find myself humming and singing in my heart and yeah. on my mind. Yeah. Very catchy. Um, and at the end there when that's repeated, and I was like, give me those harmonies. I know, yeah. I know they're coming. And then I she know goes they're coming, like, bro. In my heart and on. Yeah, on yeah. top of it. Sounds great. It sounds um, great. I didn't. I didn't do the harmony there. <laughs> I attempted to speed up, like in my heart, something like that. Um, those harmonies. <laughs> this, is, this is getting to Spinal Tap. Since my, <laughs> since my, since my, never since felt so alone. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. In my head, it always sounds great, and then uh, I attempt it. It's like no, it's not. In, in your heart and on your in mind. My, in my heart and on my mind, which is the name yeah. of the song, it sounds good. Um, no, I I like their fast mode a lot, uh, and this sounds great. Again, the drums and the bass line feel yeah. very life in general to me. That this, drum sound and that bass line. This sounds, there are a lot of songs on this that I feel are, if you put Ryan Kepke over uh -huh. a lot of these, you're- Yeah, the, Slick Shoes too. It would be a very Slick Shoes song. Yeah. Like, listen to this. yeah i think this is but it's it's well served by hearing this different kind of vocal quality than we're used to hearing with right. those songs i think that's right. cool um just wish she was louder uh, yeah <laughs> but i, I want to yeah, make sure that like we're i'm i want to make it clear i'm not saying like i'm not trying to 
insinuate that like oh this would be better if you know no, no, no. ryan or somebody else were singing that's not what i'm trying yeah, to say yeah, yeah no i get it yeah i i'm not trying to be like on the the one uh episode so far this season with a female vocalist like <laughs> would it be great if a man were singing this song it's not no not what i'm saying all i was saying by pointing that out was like yes it sounds like mxpx and slick shoe songs which we love right um but it, it's it's got this element an element 101 to it Ooh. that's that's unique i mean it, it stands out because it's not mike or ryan singing it you know it's christy uh-huh. she sounds great like i like that combo i think it's cool um so yeah having said that (laughs) i think there is an obvious i mean they were contemporaries right but that that it's it's an mxpxc chorus couldn't you hear mike or ryan doing the in my heart yes yeah it just sounds very much in that lane and we're here for it it's great um yeah i i think it's about jesus (laughs) um but this is one is a little bit like a um guy or god maybe but you know She's, I think she's singing about sort of feeling like a misfit, but finding comfort in Jesus. You know, she says, sometimes I think that no one could ever understand me, but I forget that you've been where I am many times. So I'm like, I, th- I think this is a, a, a guy, uh, a God song rather. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, uh, really catchy. I really think this is them kind of like pulling off what they do really well, kind of firing on all cylinders in that sort of um skate punk blurred with pop punk lane i think they pull it off really well and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a teen angst uh christian pop punk album without no one understands me yeah exactly you need one of those need one There's of those song we'll get to in a bit that's another one that we've talked about you need yeah. you need one of those too but uh, yeah absolutely you need one of these yeah, and that's something we've talked a lot, a lot on the pod is like a recurring theme and a five iron theme of like feeling like a misfit, but sort of yeah. finding home uh, in, in, you know, comfort in God and that kind of thing. So speaking of an MXPX song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> opening to the song is one billion percent the final slow dance yeah it is (laughs) there'll be more um just mike getting in there you know putting a stamp on it yeah um i think this one's fun it's a i love the fast-paced vocals yes the vocals are great it's a very she's even doing her driving little yeah, she's doing cool little, uh, like moving up and down. That was another example of, <laughs> in my no, head, I know what I'm saying. But <laughs> <laughs> where she moves up and down the notes in a, in a, in a way that sounds really cool. Um, <laughs> I think that's it, called singing. It's called singing. <laughs> it's just like talking on you. You're, it's louder and you move your voice up and down. Um, no, I mean, where some bands perhaps uh, would have like 
one note for the ending of a phrase and she hits a few different ones i think it sounds really cool i like the melody i like the vocals here and i think it's a fun song it's not like a major standout for me but i like it um this feels like another uh classic guy or god song yeah i think i think it's god but it's written in sort of a, a love songy way about god um galaxy uh, apart which again could apply sure. to a couple different situations but yeah yeah it could be long distance um i i do think i am inclined to believe this is a uh, a god song you know talking about mm-hmm. your your face shining above right and right when it gets real dark when i'm alone something starts to glow inside me which like i don't want to be a creep but like if you are singing this as like a romantic song <laughs> there's a way to interpret that as like Ooh, something's glowing inside <laughs> me thinking about you <laughs> which <laughs> when we're butting up to that line of like is this yeah. about god makes me feel yeah. weird to say but <laughs> that's true you absolute creep <laughs> yeah that's me <laughs> I like the part where she talks about glowing and saying. I, I like the part where she's kissing the stars. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's, I like it. It's fun. Yeah, I am into it. All right. Uh, so unpredictable. I love the inclusion of the harmonies and yeah, sounds great. that the the chord progression in yes. the of in the chorus is so chorus. damn satisfying. Yeah, it's great. I think once once it once it once it once it once it switches once once it switches over to the chorus. We've recorded two episodes today. My mouth is turning to mush. Um but uh, John yes. Mushmouth Potter. That's what they call me. That's what once they call they... me. Ah, I see. <laughs> once they make that shift to that uh, descending melody in the chorus, I feel like, yeah. oh, suddenly something like really interesting is happening, and I like that that yeah. uh, that melody a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thematically, I don't know what this one's about. Um, could be another guy or god contender. Might be about faith. Um, she says. There's no more to believing we must find, find a way of knowing to keep us growing establishment of how you feel and hold on to what you've, what you're found yourself resentments going. So I don't know. I feel like there's a way to interpret that as sort of about uh, faith, you know, belief, that kind of thing. I don't know, but I I think it could be like uh, a faith, a faith song or just like, logically speaking it's so unpredictable mm-hmm. everything is so much easier said than done show me don't tell me make it easy for me to see i don't know there's just something something in those lyrics they're like like i don't know it's easier to just it's easier said than done than to just like go about living a christian life and yeah yeah, yeah. you know uh show me how to be a christian or show me what to do instead of telling me yeah 
this is the way to live. Show me how to live. Or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching, but that's no, I, 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 that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just the like logically speaking, I, that's that's so such a hooky chorus. I love that. Yeah, yeah, building the song around that part, uh, I think makes it uh, kind of go to the next level, whereas the rest of the song doesn't really click as much for me as that part. But right, I like it. Yep, uh, keeping secrets. Um, doesn't really do much for me no i like that chorus i think the chorus is fun um but yeah feels like a pretty uh mid mid uh ranking song for me on this record yeah it doesn't i don't know it 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 kind of the, the chorus feels like it it doesn't take in the ways that uh so unpredictable went to the next level or in my heart and on my mind something takes it up or you're just like oh there's something interesting happening here uh right i don't know it just seems kind of a lot of the same things and i don't know yeah i think there's a, a, a like by the numbers sort of uh aspect to some of the songs on this record in terms of uh songwriting both musically and lyrically that just kind of like yeah this is like kind of middle of the road uh, uh, uh middle of the road here for me but it, it those times when they do take those turns into something interesting i think reminds you of like oh i wish there were more uh turns like that on the record because when they do it it's really satisfying and yeah, yeah like you're saying this isn't really one that that does anything too unexpected yeah um this is one of those songs that I I remember in the very early part of the season when we did talk about slick shoes, one of the things that I remember discussing that frustrated me would be when Ryan would be like, or really anybody that we would t- they'd be like, I'm such a sinner, I'm so terrible. Right, right. And it's like, all right, so what are we talking about? Like it's just it's it's not as interesting when you're like like look she's writing in her diary okay okay and you know things are in disarray and she's talking about love and hate Mm -hmm. and i'm like but it just nothing really gets i feel like it sets this up for something and 
you know, she right. wishes she acted differently, but how did she act? I don't know. Right. It's just, not really like a specificity. Yeah, or, that, that, that's kind of yeah. what I was like. I talked about a lot with Slick Shoes, like right. earlier songs. Right. I'm like, she's got a lot of specificity. Yeah, and tell me more. That, that's what makes a song um, interesting when you're right. like, like when you when you talk about human things. You right. Know, like, yeah, any kind of uh, story you're writing made more interesting by like you know examples or personal experiences or things um yeah you know the show don't tell thing um right but i you know she's she's writing in her her diary she's making some confessions uh <laughs> kind of a, a pining love song another sort of teen angst uh yeah. song here um but yeah that's fine it's fine um you know it's better than fine better than fine some chances are worth taking they took some chances on this song Oh, yeah. Number one. Number one. Number one. Rules. <laughs> I love it's this song. So like from the from the second one, you're like, oh yeah. whoa, this is what's happening. Yeah. Like these kind of like dissident, like yeah. Like, it's like math rock. Yeah. In the intro. Very mathy. Yeah. And like we were just saying, it goes. That's one direction from second one that you're like, whoa, what's happening? And then they go in another direction and then they go in another direction and they're all like interesting and compelling. Um, yeah, starting out with some math rocky intro and then that guitar part feels like post-punk. Um, yeah. But then these hardcore elements come in. It's kind of a hardcore song for the verses. Um, and then, I yeah, I think it rules. And then the bridge, bro. Yeah, bridge. The bridge? Man, see when I hear that, I'm like, do that all the time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> do those background vocals all the time. Do it all the time. Do the layer. Do the yeah. harmonies. Like more yeah. of that. Yeah. No, that, I'm. That's the shit that I'm like. I get so psyched about when that happens because. Yeah. Yeah. It. It's. It's not just like the the weird mathy stuff at the beginning, but even though that rules and the bass rules, but like. Do, 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 do. 
Yeah, just fill it out. Fill out the sound. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not surprised that it's also your number one, but I am very happy because this, yeah, it, it's the clear standout for me as my favorite on the album. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> great so cool so way cool. into it um yeah lyrically i i think it's a breakup song that seems to be where they're at uh in keeping with the idea i guess of some chances are worth taking i don't know um but it's great I, I think this is really them uh you know firing on all cylinders really doing some interesting stuff creating a sound that feels really unique um so i like it a lot yeah it's um there are some really sad lines in this song. Yeah. You'll all you'll always be inside my thoughts because I can keep things perfect there. Mm, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> that yep. and uh you know, we both sat down and then we made a wish and I looked at you, you looked at me. My wish just didn't come true. Didn't come true. It's tough. It puts me in the mindset of me as an 18 year old oh getting God. broken up with by my uh, high school girlfriend in college, like oh so hard. I'm living in that world when I hear these songs. <laughs> yeah, man. It's tough. No, no, I am as a man in his late thirties dating. That mm. is, uh, <sighs> these, yeah. these, these feelings of like, uh, navigating this is, yeah. uh, it's still it is still tough yeah man oh man (laughs) i get it yeah um jersey never seems so long baseline in this song yeah it sounds like a beach song just yeah chill well, this, is, day. this is what i was saying everybody you know we've talked about everybody's got a driving and feeling free song yeah this yep. is kind of that um you know it's a little bit of a love song but she's talking about how that one special time they, they drove to the beach and had a great time it's kind of that you know we had a young and, and magical time <laughs> like looking back on youth and, and thinking of it as this, like special moment or special day um yeah i think the song overall i think is fine i really like that bass line there's a cool jazzy bridge that i would like to hear some of uh at 141 uh pretty good little solo after that too yeah give me that guitar Yeah, 
fun little flourishes. It's there. a it is a very interesting standout <laughs> on that song. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But again, that's what I I like when they do these things that I'm like, huh, wouldn't have expected a little jazz, uh, you know, no. kind of rockabilly solo in there. Yeah, yeah. but I'm here for it. It's great. That, that bass line, I'm like, okay, okay, cool. And then the that that like sort of rockabilly big jazz like yeah. big swing band kind of uh-huh. like brian setzer kind of <laughs> right, guitar right. coming in yeah totally it's i'm great. like it, i'm into it it's just I it's like, like it. it's out of nowhere you're like ooh, right. ooh, yeah. okay ooh, ooh. that texture ooh, yeah. big texture boy <laughs> <The> texture boys <laughs> btb's over here just a bit <laughs> uh, all yes. right uh preconceived notions i decided that if i Okay, I just need to stop right here. It starts off with you're like, oh, she's starting off with the vocals, and then <laughs> drown out immediately. <laughs> immediately drowned out. Yeah, yeah. I decided that if I This is my number two. Oh, oh, that's surprising. Okay, not into this one. Uh, I mean, no, not really. Um, <laughs> I think um, I've already already had my top three. So no, I know, but I thought you'd like this one at least. Um, I mean, leaving me before the spring semester could could have snuck into my top three uh, for sure. That's in the mix, but no, this one for me once once that chorus comes in i feel like it really comes alive it, it gets faster again that's one that has a real the drums and bass sound very much like life in general to me there which is just a sound i'm such a sucker for um, not to mention tomorrow is another day <laughs> right yeah that that line in there it's yes i i don't know if that's like a, a nod to that or if those were happening you know concurrently um but it's a it's a really driving melody that comes in, in the chorus there that really kind of propels the whole thing for me. And the drums, I think, sound really good on, on this song. I think they're really doing some interesting stuff here that stand out among other songs for me. Um, there's also a cool little uh, melody and a bass line again in the bridge, uh, if we can hear some of that. Uh, 117, I like what they're doing there. I think that's great. Your face is unchanged, but I was rocking out. <laughs> I like the do 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 do. I don't know. I think it's yeah. really fun. Yeah, it's it's fine. Like I, I think it just doesn't. It it has. It just, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, bro. I'm no, sorry. I get it. I just I, have my, I, I just have my preconceived notions about this. I understand. You know, some things are better left unsaid, though. Right? That's, I wish you would have said that.
one's an instrumental. Bass rules. The bass rules. The bass is everything. Great. Everything rules on this on this instrumental. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a buck four. That's all. That's right. all. It's all they give us. But mm-hmm. it's a well, it's it's a curious placement in the album. It is. I know. And when I was saying <laughs> like, what if there was sort of a shorter instrumental to kick things off before the first song? I'm like, well, this wouldn't really work for that either. No, it would. But this, I mean, and and the album closer makes sense. But it is kind of weird that suddenly there's like a. I feel like this instrumental is, track. This is uh this is secret track material. Yeah, I probably. like it. I just don't. I as as far as you know, we talk sequencing. Uh, yes, uh, talking sequencing. I, talking sequencing over. This is a. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done with the song. I like it. I don't know where it goes, but yeah. <laughs> I, I almost know. I always wonder about these things where I'm like did you intentionally not develop this into a, a fuller song? Was this something that you did to kind of fuck around during practices and it, it made its way into the record, but I don't know. I like the energy. I kind of wish they would have turned it into something more than just that, but I do, I think it's really fun. So I'm into everything they're doing on it. I yeah. wish it was a, it was fully developed into something. Right. Yeah. yeah that's great. Me, There's so more many fun bass flourishes on this record. Yeah, yeah man. Yep. Only in pictures. I don't want to <laughs> let my life fly on. Do you ever stop? Stop to wonder why. I like this one a lot. This is this would be in my top five. Um, I love that cool little intricate riff. I think it's great. It's really cool. Yeah, I think Um, it works. It works in the in the the framework of uh, kind of the the stuff that they were doing on some chances are worth taking. That yes, kind of the mathy, the more mathy elements, and yeah, it's I love that. It's a buzz. I I'm sort of thrown off at times by like the some of the like the very basic and simplistic formulaic parts of the album, uh-huh. yeah. and then they throw in the mathy post hardcore yeah. or like yeah uh, shreddy t- parts. I'm just like, yeah, it's just very curious. Right. Yeah, I think that's what's maybe frustrating to me about parts of the album is I'm like, I know you're capable of doing really interesting stuff. So it bums me out when the song just kind of like 
stays in one mode or doesn't really do too much for me. But that is not the case here. Right. I think they're doing all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, those harmonies that come in again, once those show up, I'm like, oh, this, is, this sounds great. Uh, baseline, as always, sounding great here. Uh, there's a cool bridge that builds. Uh, and then a little cool part after that, uh, 202, if we could hear some of that. See, that's Man. not your typical that's no. not your typical pop punk no, no. stuff totally yeah I, i'm a sucker for a bridge that builds but once it gets into the like, yeah. like whoa what's going on this is cool um, yeah, it's just like this is it feels like east coast hardcore mm, influence yes. or something yeah, yeah no they have a lot of interesting and sort of like disparate influences it seems like yeah um yeah really cool one uh I think, I think sort of like a separated love song like maybe somebody moved away or went to college uh again feels very teen teen angst uh i know I, again i tried to write love songs or poems like this uh as a as a late teen um so certainly in that in that mode um yeah i, I like this one a lot yeah it it <laughs> yeah it's strange enough to think there's a million miles keeping me from sitting next to you. Well, I know mm. I can't drive and I know I can't walk to you. Do you remember that one night long ago? Man, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that I aspired and was probably trying to write to my girlfriend yeah. who was separated and up in Minnesota. And I was like, but don't you remember? We used to sit together. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember when we saw the hat man? That one night? <laughs> uh, different girlfriend, but yeah, same, same vibe. <laughs> Uh, do you remember that traumatic evening? <laughs> I wish somebody would write a romantic song about seeing the hat man. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> and I'll never forget uh, how he walked all creepy. <laughs> and he was so jaunty. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. You and me. <laughs> um, uh, uh, you never cease to amaze me. Thanks, buddy. Um, musically doesn't do a ton for me. Uh, it's fine. Sure. Um, I really think that <laughs> is another sort of like sounds like I'm okay. You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> like guitar part. <laughs> um, but I think the bass line is cool. 
do yes. interesting things. Um, I can understand why this is the closer. It's the most explicitly Christian they get on the album. The first time she actually says God. Um, so that makes sense as a place to sort of close things. It, it's a nice enough song and a nice sentiment, but like it doesn't necessarily do a ton for me, I guess. Yeah, I was I was trying to I was thinking about the line just because you don't see the other side of the moon doesn't mean that it's not there. Mm-hmm. Is is this sort of trying to be like a philosophical proof of God? Like, you know, you can't see God, but God's there just like in the same way that like you look up at the moon, you don't see the other side of the moon, but you know that the other side is there. You have to have faith that it's there. Right. Like, is that what it's trying yeah, to that- imply? That's how I took it to be, that even if, um, you know, you can't literally see something, that doesn't mean that uh, doesn't you exist. can't accept it as being real. Yeah, but sure. yeah, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps with a stronger opener and a stronger closer, something a little more interesting, I'd be left with a little more than just like, yeah, it's fine. Um, but I mean, that's that's Future Plans Undecided. That is the first element record on the whole, um, I, I'm, I'm really glad we're covering them. I think they're doing a lot of interesting things. I'm glad to know them now. Um, and some of the songs, as we said, are really, really hit for me in a, in a unique and cool way. Right. I, wish, I wish the rest of the record was kind of up to those like top five songs that I really, really love. Um, the rest, for the most part, is not quite there for me. Um, yeah, but, I think I'm, I'm on the same page with you there. Yeah. That the the potential was obviously and very clearly there. Yeah. And when it hits, it really hits. And the parts that we both wrestle with, obviously uh, it's not just the songwriting necessarily. Cause I feel like everybody is very competent in, in what they're doing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the engineering and the mixing really, yeah. they really dropped the ball. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not blaming the band. That's I'm not blaming the band. I'm just saying that like no. they they were done a disservice by the production because it yeah. really could have like packed a wallop in, in yes. even more so. Yeah. Um I know like uh our dude Danny Leary, for example, posted uh that he was preparing for the episode by having both versions of the album uh to listen to. So I'd be curious to hear what folks think about that other version. Like, is it a lot? tougher of a listen even because I, I can understand tooth and nail being like you know this is a good record let's get it out there but like let's try and beef it up a little more resequence uh maybe remix it um but i if this is the version that they did that to i'm like what what was the other version so right. i don't know I, done properly i think this really could have been um a lot packed a lot more of a punch like you were saying um yeah but very curious to hear about folks uh thoughts and experiences with elements what they think about this record, what they think about the band's trajectory overall, and let us know what you think about all those things at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe to the pod if you haven't already and give us a rating or a review. We will read your review on the show. You can email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD support us over at the patreon patreon.com slash magnified pod to get some of those bonus episodes we were talking about earlier some cool stuff over there right now and you can pick up some merch mm. still some spooky magnified pod merch available i believe oh, sh- oh shit 
over at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks to shadow producer Jason at Unoriginal Vinyl, and thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios for our artwork. Well, our time in the penalty box is over for this week. We'll be back out on the ice next week when we'll discuss Element 101's Stereo Girl. doing the thing where she moves her voice up and down to different notes Ooh, what, what pretty innovative it, approach i what so what is that called the, the thing? songing i think so, it's called so, so, songing singing so, singing so once so you take when you take a song and then you move it up and down to song yeah okay yeah, cool cool cool. that's what the kids are doing i think they do that on the tiktok i think so song challenge hashtag song challenge go take a song punch a teacher in the face and then song it bro <laughs> oh man too real for more shows like this one visit rockcandyrecordings.com